excellent preamble. <laughs> yelling at <laughs> fucking Facebook, being you fucking up and being. I didn't fuck anything up. How Facebook works? Fuck you! I didn't know how Facebook works. The same thing is how like I've used this thing every time somebody's had a birthday for the past like three, well, however long that fucking stupid thing's been there. <laughs> Too long. Why are we still using Facebook? They're fascists. We need to yeah, stop this. We, shit. Sh- we should all move to parlay now. Oh God. <laughs> Which I, I'm sure they're all all the I'm sure all the fucking Trumpers are calling parlor, not oh. parlay, which is clearly what it's fucking called. way too French, right? Yeah. Like it's way too French for them, right? Yeah. Like, oh. Parlor, which like you know, just like Lafayette, yeah, New Orleans. Oh Lord, <laughs> is that shit done yet? Like, is he just conceded or anything? Like, I've been, I've no. been like I'm still fucking dragging that shit out, and there's only been what? like three i think like republican senators that have said like that he should probably stop because they're all like they all want his support as long as they can get it so they can try and win these fucking senate races these senate runoffs in georgia yeah i don't usually like to say this word but uh i hate that and i wish he would just die (laughs) I'm gonna have to cut that out of the episode because, like, I can't just leave that in there. Or we'll get flagged. You'll end up on a fucking list for sure. Listen, if everybody who says they wish that was dead about <laughs> Donald Trump was on a list, everybody in North America who voted for the Democrats <laughs> and most of Canada would be on a list already. You're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> so there's that. Either way, you know, good times. Good times. I don't know. How I'm going to cut around that. I'm just going to leave it in. Maybe I'll bleep it. I'll just bleep it. There That's what we'll do. Yeah. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is a uh, another podcast where two straight white guys swear about nerd shit. Uh, <laughs> this is episode 225. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Tim. Say hello. Hello. How's your week been? Uh, it's. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. Like last weekend was all like celebration because Biden won the fucking election in the U.S. and then. Sunday was a massive hangover because of that. More for Alicia than me, although I was also pretty hungover. And yeah. And then right now I'm tired as fuck because we were up at the ass crack at dawn this morning to go get Alicia's like Canadian ID. She's got like a Canadian driver's license now because her, her permanent residency came through like a couple weeks ago. So nice. Yeah. Nice. So she's got one of our fancy hologram cards. Did it confuse her? Well, she you guys... got the temporary license for now, but she will oh. get the fancy hologram card and then she'll get her fancy health card, which is yeah. really the end goal here. So yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that health coverage if you're moving up here. Like, yeah. what's the point? Exactly. What's the point of moving to socialist paradise of Canada if you can't get health care or whatever? Exactly. So that's cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's start the news because there's just a little bit of it, but we there's some stuff we should talk about. Sadly, we have to start by bidding a fond farewell to Alex Trebek, who passed away last Sunday, I believe. Yes. Yeah, uh, as of this recording, it's definitely after last week's episode. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. time is the flattest of circles right now, so Jeez. who knows? Yeah. But yeah, sadly, Alex Trebek lost his battle to pancreatic cancer at the age of 80, I believe. Was he 88? Yes. Was he 85? Yeah. yeah. So, so it sucks. And uh, we've obviously got tons of episodes. You can go back and listen to Stephen, our buddy Stephen, who was on the show a couple times, tell awesome stories about Alex and insight into his battle with, with cancer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Stephen made a really nice uh, Facebook post about his memories of Alex Trebek as well. And I mean, what can you say about fucking about the dude? He's a class act. He fucking like kept recording, like basically up until the end, got like episodes in the can through like December 
I think like he's his last episode is going to end up airing on Christmas Day. And I mean, he just, you know, battled it really courageously and, and knew that what he was fighting was a fight that he might not be able to win and seemed to have come to terms with it. And fucking I can only hope to go out that graciously when it's my goddamn time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I plan on going out like the worst wrestling heel, like <laughs> kicking and screaming, like I'm not fucking ready to go. So like, yeah, if you can go out like a class act, like uh, our fellow Canadian, also we got to shout out mm-hmm. that uh, Mr. Trebek was from up here, the Great White North. Yeah, I hope I could go out that classily, but I'm probably going out like Chris Jericho, which again, <laughs> is also a way to do things, I guess. So <laughs> either way, moving on more kind of sad news, not as sad, but sad news. Nonetheless, WandaVision has been pushed into 2021, which just... Like, fuck off 2020, you know? Like, yeah. we got one good thing, and then we're just still getting shit taken away. I only, need some Marvel. Only by, like, two weeks, though. Oh, is that what it was? Just two weeks? I just yeah, saw the January, January 15th, 2021. Because they hadn't given it a date, and, like, that was making everybody think, like, are we actually getting this this year? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but now they've actually given us a date. The first episode will debut on January 15th, 2021 on Disney+. Well, that's not too bad because it only give you a couple week gap between the end of Mandalorian season two and right. having WandaVision on there, which should be their target, I would assume at this point, kind of the Star Trek target where they always have something big and nerdy ready for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it's not something you'll necessarily watch, like if you're not a Marvel fan, who isn't? But like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's always some big thing on. So that's uh, what I would be hoping they're going for. That's I, I mean, I'm glad we're getting it, but just give it to me now. Fuck, god damn it. I need it. <laughs> yeah. Dying for some fucking Marvel stuff right now. It's killing me. Okay. All right, we'll talk about that later. Cause it's I'm not even sure what it is. DC Comics has a new editor in chief. Mary Javins has won the auspicious seat. Yeah. That has been <laughs> that she'd already been warming for <laughs> warming half of it for the past uh, few months. Yeah, because she'd been working alongside Michelle Wells in the, the wake of restructuring that is still ongoing. There's still, I mean, there was another wave of layoffs that happened this week at DC that was uh, going through the Twitterverse that I saw. So I don't know yeah. if anybody that I know lost a job or like I know or like know of that lost a job. I don't, I didn't get any specific names, but I don't know. I don't know what DC is up to right now in terms of like what their strategy is for the future and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm assuming the comics aren't going away, but it doesn't seem like Warner Brothers is super keen on being a like publisher of this kind of stuff anymore. And they're trying to like minimize the line as much as possible, basically do IP maintenance, I guess. And I'm okay with them like scaling back and saying like, hey, we're going to tell like a smaller slate of high quality stories rather than just like putting out a whole bunch of stuff. And like, I'm okay with them, like having some of their flagship titles be like, okay, this is going to be like a limited series. And then we're going to give that character some time off and do, you know, a different character and that kind of thing rather than being like, Hey, let's have all these ongoing series with like B and C list characters that are going to like really have trouble finding an ongoing audience, especially right now. when like, so like comics are already, you know, probably towards the bottom of people's like spending priority. And with so many people having like lost their jobs due to COVID and shit like that, or, you know, still being on like unemployment or, or whatever social support your nation of choice is on right now, if any yeah, fucking America, or you don't qualify, you know, shit happens also. So there's that. I, I imagine this is probably just something that they're doing, you know, because they started see- seeing sales drop or anticipated sales were going to drop sharply. And, you know, when the economy picks back up, then probably this will, too. 
We hope so. Anyway, they, I really wish they, they need to start making. And I know it's it's that sacrosanct comic shop thing, right? But like they, the fact that they don't lean into digital because of the comic shops is almost to their own detriment. I find like it's like they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Basically, they have been doing more and more um, digital first stuff, like those. Yeah, uh, the Batman, Batman Adventures, Adventures continues. Yeah. Those were digital first and that sort of thing. So they're definitely making some inroads on the digital side. And I think a lot of the uh, stuff they've been doing for sort of young adult and like teen audiences and that kind of thing, like some of the graphic novels that are kind of outside continuity, have been geared more towards. I mean, they've been doing print versions of them as well, but I think they've yeah. been kind of gearing those to their digital platforms too. So. Yeah, I wish both companies would gear more towards digital because I find like the indies tend to be more digital friendly, I guess, lately. Like Image and Dark Horse, it's easier to get their stuff on Comixology, okay. whereas like Marvel and DC tends to be a little like, there's we're going to charge you extra or there's a delay or there's this, that and the other thing. Or it's obviously not a priority because they're just scanned print files. Like why? Yeah. When you can get Photoshop files from people that are finished, or am I seeing scanned print files in my modern Marvel comics? <laughs> Questions, Anyways, you know? Marie Javins, I, I think, you know, will, will hopefully bring some new life to, to DC. Yeah, she's got a lot of creators very happy. There was a like a slew of big names who were excited to, you know, work with her or have worked with her already and are excited to see her take on this lead role now kind of thing. So, yeah, sounds like it should be good. Um, not like they're going to lose anybody at the top level, I don't think. I think, you know, your Scott Snyders and Tom Kings are being well taken <laughs> care of. Yeah. Yeah, so like they ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Until Marvel signs a big check, I guess. That's usually the way it works with these guys. Yep. And then the other than vice versa, right? Like somebody will flop like flop over from the house of ideas over to DC. So yep. it's the way of the comic book industry as it has been and I'll probably always will be as long as there is a comic industry. The only I have a little piece of news I wanted to talk about just because like I, I miss comic conventions and it sounds like Emerald City Comic Con and C2E2 are planning winter twenty twenty one returns. We'll see where the world is in terms of uh, COVID and stuff like that at that point. And considering how nasty it is in the States right now for this yeah. kind of stuff, this seems like wishful thinking, but it's nice to know that they're still at least thinking about planning conventions and stuff. Cause it is something that I miss dearly at this point. And yeah, these are two of the bigger ones that we, I was excited to do like have a table at and stuff like that. And I'm sure it would have been a, a real fucking hardship to drag Tim to, uh, you know, <laughs> C2E2 and, uh, Emerald City, especially Emerald City, sounds like a fucking party. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've got my friend Josh, who's a pretty like serious cosplayer, and competed in like the Grand Cup or whatever it is of cosplay a couple years ago. I think he qualified at Emerald City Comic Con, and then like the finals that he competed in were at C two E two, and both of them looked like a fucking blast. But is that the guy that I know whose name I can't remember right now? Josh Duart. Yeah, he does a really good Thranduil. He does. Uh, he did Hella a couple of years ago. I think maybe the year that you were at Dragon Con. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you should check him out, though. He's uh, Thranduart.official on yes. uh, Instagram. So T-H-R-A-N-D-U-A-R-T dot official. He just finished uh, maybe a couple months ago an absolutely or, or right around uh, Dragon Con time, actually, because he did like uh, won some uh, war- costume awards for like the Dragon Con at home uh, with his just fucking epic, like screen accurate um, Glinda the Good Witch costume. Yeah, I've uh, I've shouted out his Glinda a couple times on Instagram because it's like it's just so 
on point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's excellent. So go check Josh's stuff out. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. But he, even he, he was lamenting actually sort of, uh, you know, that all these cons, well, I mean, was glad that they, they were being pushed back, but also lamenting the fact that like fucking 2021 is already so backloaded with events, like in like the yeah. last, like latter half. And so hopefully some of them will actually happen, but you know, it's going to cause people to have to make some tough choices or like, save all their vacation time for the end of the year and then just say like, well, I'm leaving for the entire month of December or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see where I'm at at that point, but I would love to get back on the road and start doing cons again. Cause I was having a lot of fun doing those shows yeah. and <laughs> it would have been fun to do some of these bigger ones at that point. So whereas we were having a little bit of success at little shows and all of a sudden I was like, Oh good. Literally they locked down Canada basically or Ontario, I guess. Uh, two weeks before Toronto Comic Con, which was like just like a massive bar for my bank account, basically. So, yeah, yeah. So it'd be exciting to get real life back, even if it is late 2021 before it happens, kind of thing. So, Definitely. what else do I have here? Uh, we are kind of in the midst of like current, I guess, new generation of console launches. Uh, Xbox Series X launched like two days ago, and today is the day PlayStation Five launched. We'll talk about that later. And we're going to be talking a lot about that later, but uh, it sounds like they're both selling out at basically every retailer you can get your greedy little hands on them at. So if you're not in the pre-order queue and are looking to get one of those two boxes, uh, good luck. As my usual, and as what I will probably repeat during the meat of the episode, I like to wait until the first hardware revision comes out before I pick (laughs) one of these things up. Because, yeah, consumer electronics, mass-produced consumer electronics like this, especially with... You know, this kind of hardware, probably prone to failure. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Either way, uh, that's all the news I picked up for this week. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Also in console gaming, the demo for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity came out. And the only reason that I bring it up is because Alicia played a bunch of it last night. And she seemed to be digging it, seemed to be having fun with it. So I think it's probably something we'll end up picking up. And apparently the uh, demo itself is actually pretty beefy. Like uh, she was surprised at the amount of like playable content on it. Cool. No, I was gonna I was gonna pick that up to uh, distract myself from my lack of PlayStation Five owner edge at this point because like I, again like I'm waiting until the new year probably to, I mean at this point you'd be waiting the new year just to get one, <laughs> but in terms of like yeah I gotta wait past that first the first batch of them I don't want one of the first batch you know what I mean like bad news <laughs> so yeah. a good Switch Zelda game that actually has some meat to it would be very nice right now so yeah. even if it is more High Road Warriors than actual Zelda. Yeah, well, it looks like kind of a, a hybrid, right? It looks yep. like there's some story to it, so we'll see. Uh, and the only other thing I grabbed was the next Doctor Who season, which is filming like during the pandemic, is only going to be eight episodes long instead of like the last couple have been like 11 or so. Yeah. Um, I'm fucking okay with that. I'm surprised they're filming anything in the middle of a pandemic in you know live action. Take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, basically. Did you see the story about, uh, was it Jurassic World? dominion yeah yes dominion like they they spent how much money they spent just like doing going through forty thousand covid tests forty thousand covid tests and 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 i'll go like real life for a second in my like real life job i sell covid tests for one of the major manufacturers or the distributor of one of the major major manufacturers and they are not cheap so no no they're not (laughs) 
So that is that is a big chunk of change. But I mean, I mean, in the in the budget of a fucking like multi million or you know hundred million dollar movie like Jurassic World, I would imagine that's a that's probably a two or three hundred million dollar movie in terms of like production budget, especially like once they had to realize like they were going to have to factor in the cost of testing everybody almost daily uh, for COVID nineteen before they came on set, and that's a big production. It's not the kind of thing you can just like, oh, it's just Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, the director, a cameraman, and like that's this is the kind of movie where it's like there's four hundred people on fucking set at all times because there's just technical shit going on everywhere for special effects and sound, blah blah blah. blah. And not just that, but like I I have friends that work in the film industry back in Atlanta, and they are like a lot of the productions that are going on right now, they're basically sequestering people. They're like, even if you're low, even if you live locally, they're saying like, we'll put you up in a hotel and pay for you know all your meals and stuff like that. You know, so that we don't have to like continually test you because yeah. you'll just kind of be in this bubble for like two weeks at a time or something like that. So. Yeah, that's how they're doing uh, Spider-Man 3. From what I understand, Spider-Man 3 in is Atlanta. shooting in Atlanta yeah. right now. Yeah, so because uh, Tom Holland was on set, t- taking pictures on set and posting on the Instagram. No spoilers, hopefully. We'll see. You never know with him. It's hard yeah. to tell. <laughs> yeah, so like that's, I mean, whew, that's a, I mean, I wanted to get into the film industry and shit, but I don't want to be spending all my time on set <laughs> in a hotel room. I've done that uh, traveling for work and stuff like that, like spending a ton of time in a hotel room. Not my favorite thing in the whole world but i mean you gotta do what you gotta do i guess so there you go yeah but cool uh so it's time we can move on to geek of the week geek of the week so this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week and we're gonna start with tim so most of my week is like for the last week has been taken up by political shit uh which i don't really want to talk about anymore so uh, i did binge a new to me at least netflix series or a season of a netflix series the movies that made us which is from the same people that did the the toys that made us and it's sort of a similar idea it's like you know the story of how these movies got made and how they sort of became like phenomenons interviews with a lot of the production teams and some of the cast and stuff for some of them as well so they did episodes on ghostbusters on Die Hard, on home alone and on dirty dancing and of course they got dan Aykroyd for fucking ghostbusters because yeah you, you can't stop dan Aykroyd from talking about ghostbusters nope. if you're if you're hosting a ghostbusters event i think dan Aykroyd just shows up yep uh, him and ernie hudson just yeah. kind of like appear out <laughs> yeah, of nowhere you know? yeah, ernie hudson was in it too you know you have yeah. to tell them about it they're just they just appear and yeah. then and then ask for a paycheck at the end oh probably absolutely <laughs> would you not i would i'd be like fuck yeah pay me motherfucker but no, it was good. Like I used to watch like, you know, special features of every DVD or whatever that I got. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't do that as much anymore in part because like there's so much streaming and shit anymore that like I, I've, my physical media purchasing has gone down a lot. And yeah. up until recently, digital platforms haven't really had any special features. So it was nice, you know, to get some of those like, little stories and that sort of thing from the productions and, you know, from the horse's mouth and produced in a really consumable way. Like the people that make those shows just have a way of making it really palatable and and entertaining while you're learning, you know, in some cases stuff that's pretty dry about like budgetary concerns for a, a movie or something like that. The story that they tell about home alone in particular, and and like, it it was like, it was a Fox 
picture or it was a Columbia picture and then ended up being a Fox picture or something like that. But like the same day it flipped <laughs> over basically. Yeah. And I was like, that's a, there's that's like a crazy a, fucking story, man. There's was, like the Columbia guy was like going around telling everybody it was shut down. Shut down and then yeah. like the Fox guy was going, following around behind him and saying like, no, it's not. Here's a Fox t-shirt and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Absolutely. And then, was, and then like the whole drama with, uh, uh, with Ghostbusters and them not having the rights to the name until later yeah. on. Oh, and then yeah. they ended up getting the rights to the name because like the exec that basically greenlit the movie left uh, Universal, Columbia, left Columbia yeah. and ended up at Universal, which was where they, where the rights for the name were housed. And he was the one that sort of, they finally made that deal happen so that it could call it Ghostbusters and not Ghost Breakers. Yeah, or Ghost Smashers, I think was the one of the other names they had, they were throwing around. It's just oh, terrible. When you hear it, it's like it sounds terrible, right? Yeah. But you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun hearing those like weird little stories like behind the scenes of like movies you would have like assumed like didn't have that kind of drama around them. Like they were like, man, that's a surefire. I mean, Ghostbusters is not a surefire thing. Obviously, that was a huge risk. But like Home Alone sounds like wow, this sounds like this should just be like yeah, it's line it up and fucking. You know, yeah exactly right you know he'd been making just fucking like bombshell movies for years at that point oh yeah right? absolutely and so yeah so like it's funny hearing those little stories i completely like i i must have fallen asleep during the dirty dancing one because i have no memory of that episode <laughs> whatsoever but like the other three i was like yeah these are it's the movie that i out of those that i have the least resident like i've watched dirty dancing but it's not oh, I've, yeah any stretch yeah I think we've all seen it. Like we've all have a sister, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who watched Dirty Dancing? My sister was like a big Dirty Dancing fan. So. Even with that one, like they do a good job of telling the story about like how um, Patrick Swayze and I can't remember the the female actress Jennifer Grey, Jennifer Grey, like had tension because they'd worked on a uh, project before and and didn't get along very well, and then how they ended up kind of using that to you know that tension and and turned it into kind of passion on the screen and everything and yeah nice interesting stuff yeah okay cool uh okay so i i read a comic this week tim kind of goaded me into it he asked me if i'd finished watching or reading three jokers and i hadn't because you know it's a comic i would have got to it eventually but yeah whatever but i sat down and read it and i thought we could have a little brief shit chat (laughs) about what we thought about that because i was like it was fine i just like it feels like Again, I, I just keep going back to this phrase that I keep hearing around DC, which is like IP maintenance, where it's just, we're just shuffling things, shuffling the chairs on the deck of the Titanic kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I was I was intrigued by the fact that they spent so much time hyping up this three Joker storyline and then in the story got rid of the concept Killed. completely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Didn't they didn't because they, they did. They introduced an interesting Yes, there were three Jokers at the start of the story, and we <laughs> learned that there have been for quite some time. But then later on, we learned that there is one original Joker who had made the others sort of in an effort to make a better Joker and ha- apparently has the ability and has been trying to make more, which is, I think, is an interesting concept. Like, you know, he's trying to uh, make a better version of himself, basically to just fucking further torment Bruce. Yeah, that was the weird part about it to me. It's like he's so obs- like this is the version of the Joker who's so obsessed with Batman that he needs to. Because what does he say? There's something about it in the in the last issue where he's like, "You're not as in love with me as you could be, or not as obsessed, obsessed with me as I am with you," kind of thing. And like that was the whole point. So he was going to make a better Joker, and like he was trying taking to- Joe Chill, yeah, 
turn Joe Chill into the Joker because Joe because Joe Chill had a personal connection to uh, Bruce that the Joker doesn't, and so he thought that that would be the one thing that that could make a better Joker would be a Joker that like could really fucking have that personal, emotional, psychological impact on Bruce. It's interesting because I'm sitting here staring at my Batman 89 print and thinking like, it's funny that Tim Burton had the exact same idea in 1989 (laughs) and just went with it kind of thing. Having changed that out so that he was a complete direct uh, connection to the bat. But, um, but the art's fucking fantastic. Oh my God. That's the thing like that keeps me coming back. You know what I mean? Like this is like some fine, high quality Batman art, even though I hate that Batgirl costume. God, why? Why? (laughs) It's the Why? classic Batgirl costume, and it's too. Cl- it's yeah, but it's it's armored up, so it looks yeah. clunky. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like it fits right all the time. Like I hate that helmet. The helmets really get got that to cow. me. Yeah, it's, yeah, that cow. I can see it. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the Red Hood costume. It was pretty. Yeah, it was a good version of the Red Hood costume, and I think they played Jason pretty well in this. Like yeah. it's always interesting seeing Jason and Bruce face off against each other, and they had some good like tense moments through this and. And it, it definitely reshaped the dynamic of the Bat family in some interesting ways to that'll be hopefully explored further. What are you talking about? Like him being in love with Babs? Because like, are all yeah. the Robins in love with Babs? Like, I would. I mean, I get it. Because like, no, yeah. just 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 Jason and and Dick. Dick sometimes, <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because Tim was Stephanie Brown, right? Yeah. Always- Always going after the other Batgirls, those Robins, <laughs> dirty, dirty Robins. I uh, know I liked the uh, the take on Jason Todd, like interacting with Bruce and like him going after, especially when he finds out there's a, that like, one of the Jokers that fucked that killed him. I guess is the one, um, yeah, that, that crowbarred the shit out of him. Yeah, what they're like. It was one of the three jokers was, was that guy, and he just fucking goes like beelines to him. I was like, that's that's yeah, that makes sense for that character and stuff. And I enjoyed that kind of stuff. I liked their interaction until the, it was like Jason started confessing love to Babs. I was like, I'm on board just for them interacting period. Cause it's not it's, a combination not of characters you see very often. I wish they hadn't gone down the romance path at this point. Cause like, it just feels kind of weird. It would be cool to just have mm-hmm. them be like tacit partners kind of thing, like a little bit of tension, but nothing, you know, romantic, I guess, but it felt a comics. Quick. It's all, it's all soap opera, I guess, at the end of the day. So, yeah. but there's that. Uh, what else am I going to say about it? No, I just I was pretty happy with it overall, and it just. I mean, I guess the the interesting thing about that concept of there being more than one Joker is that you can have a story where Jason is able to do the thing that Bruce can't. He can kill the Joker without yeah. you ending up in a world with no Joker. Yeah, because there's 17 of them. Which again. <laughs> See, to, to me, and like we were talking about it in the chat, and like I, I feel like it kind of cheapens the Joker to do that kind of thing where he's like, you give him a definite origin, especially because at the end, and spoiler, this is the big spoiler, is that the Joker that survives is basically our Joker, the, the Joker that Tim and I grew up with, like the 80s post-crisis Alan Moore killing joke Joker kind of thing. Like that's mm-hmm. the Joker in my head is always that Joker kind of thing. But like his wife being alive and having a son and stuff like that, and that Bruce knew the whole time, I was like, that's a... I don't know. You know, that's a big step, I guess, in terms of the storytelling there. But it also just like, I hate the Joker having an origin story. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it, it's kind of the Wolverine thing where like once, as soon as they told us what, where Wolverine came from, it just kind of like, it drained like 50% of the cool off of him basically. 
yes and no, because we don't know for sure that True. the Joker that's left was the original Joker. True. Right, because he kind of they kind of leave it ambiguous in terms of which one was the original. So there were three versions. There's the criminal who's sort of more like the arch villain, like not really the jokey one. There's the uh, the clown who is like the campy, like fucking Batman sixty six version, except murderous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the comedian who is like the failed stand up comedian that tells terrible jokes and is maybe like the most kind of sadistic out of all of them. And the comedian is the one that ends up surviving, but we don't know. And the criminal is the one that Jason Todd kills, but we don't end up knowing at the end which one of those was the original one that created the other two. I'm sure they'll tell us eventually. They can't help themselves, <laughs> but tell us that kind of stuff for some reason. But well, I mean, it's been 80 years, right? Since we that we haven't had. A... And then that's what I like about comics is you can do things like this. You can say like, What's something that has never been fucked with? Okay, we've never really known the Joker's origin. What if we have a universe for five years where we know the Joker's origin? And then we can fucking go back and reset that later. Like I guess right, that's, right now, that's fair. Right now, we're getting stories where the entire world knows that Superman is, is Clark Kent. And that's a really interesting dynamic to play with. And one that's never really been played with that much before. At least not in like main continuity, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, isn't uh, Bruce Wayne poor right now too? Like he doesn't have his money anymore. Yeah. Well, um, no, he's he's sort of under Lucius's thumb right now. So Lucius has said, like, I have all the money right now. It won't look good if I give it back to you because you know the entire world now knows that you've been financing Batman. I can funnel bits of money to you, but you know we have to play it safe. Okay. So here's my question: Did the whole world not know he was? funding batman when he created batman incorporated or is that now like that's been out of, written out of continuity is that no, what's going it's on that all of that is done now i mean all, all of that is part of yeah everybody for a while now has known that bruce was funding the batman but and people were okay with it for a while but because of joker war now okay people have kind of turned on him and been like hey look you let all that shit that you were developing for batman get into the wrong hands and he got control of your fortune. Obviously, you're not responsible enough to have you know be able to continue to do this. So, fair yeah. enough. Okay, yeah, I haven't read any of the uh, the Joker War stuff. Uh, I just I heard the fallout and was like, I mean, yeah, we're gonna that that's a reset button that'll happen. You know what I mean? Like it's an interesting take though. Like Batman without the money, I guess. I mean, aside from the toys, you don't really hear about the money all the time. So it's always yeah. like one of those background things where he's just he's just a rich guy. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I like I would recommend if you are a DC Comics like aficionado that you go at least look at Three Jokers because the art in it is something else. And I want to shout out the penciler, Jason Fabach. Yes. Yeah. So, Jason Fabach who drew the shit out of this three issue miniseries, and I would recommend it for people that are the kind of DC fan that I am that really like the long legacy and continuity that uh, DC continues to play with and constantly also rejig, but there are certain elements of it that this feels like one of those elements that will become like, regardless of how many times they reboot the character, like this will be a thing in that, in that character's history. Yeah, it'll be like Killing Joke, right? Like, where yeah. like, you keep coming back to it regardless of how many times you it'll reboot be, it. Yeah, it'll be referred to, you know, occasionally kind of thing. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, I had a good time reading it. Uh, Tim goaded me into it because 
Like, did you finish reading it? I was like, uh. <laughs> I can finish reading it, I guess. It's only one issue. It takes 20 minutes to get through an issue at, at best. And that's when I'm really looking at the art. So here we are. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to the meat of the episode. Meat of the episode. 4K gaming meat. Yeah. So we're going to do something a little different this week. <laughs> Tim has decided to join the rest of society and pick himself <laughs> up a gaming machine. And we're going to chat about the new Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 and figure out... A gaming machine? Is that what they're called now? I'm that out of touch? I thought they were called consoles. They're called whatever you want to call them, Tim. (laughs) Old man Tim here. All right. Um, I thought I was the crotchety old man. How's this going to (laughs) work? This dynamic's going to be flipped for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as Mark said, I've I've finally decided to make the jump into non-Nintendo console gaming. Part of it is, you know, just with the pandemic and everything i've felt you know a little more isolated than usual and so this is something that i can use to like you know fucking play games online with people and that kind of thing for history and context for our listeners i've never owned an xbox or a playstation i've i've played versions of both over the years uh and i don't have a significant preference for one or the other in terms of like controllers or anything like that kind of thing um that not that i've i've really noticed or picked out the last non-nintendo gaming system that i owned was a sega genesis oh wow well i guess unless you count like pc gaming i've done a fair amount of pc gaming over the years yeah that's fair pc gaming you know pc gaming is always there and it actually factors into the conversation a little bit more uh than usual this time around because of xbox and game pass and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um yeah it's a little bit of a weird flip tim's gonna ask me questions this time and uh yeah i'm gonna try and point him <laughs> in a direction i have a kind of an, an overall opinion already but we'll see what tim is asking about and uh see if we can point him in the right direction or at least a direction <laughs> Maybe not the right one. We'll see what happens. And an- another couple of bits of context. I feel like I'm going into this pretty evenly divided between the two. Um, yeah. I don't have any particular love for Sony or PlayStation. Uh, I've I've historically had frustration with Sony over their tendency towards uh, proprietary format bullshit, like having to convert all my MP3s to like. Uh, Sony's proprietary format before I could put them onto my old like Sony mini displayer yeah. back in the day, like almost 20 years ago now. I also have frustration with Microsoft because for making all of their fucking software subscription based in the last like decade or so, like where you have to pay for annual license for your Windows and Office and all that, which makes it a harder to or more of a pain in the ass to crack. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's see. I don't know. How do you want to do this? You just want me to start asking questions? Yeah, go fire away, man. I like, uh, I mean, like for context, like on the other side, I have owned every Xbox and PlayStation console since the first versions of each of them. I have generally owned both, right? Like I'm not, I'm pretty platform agnostic. I think that kind of, that's one of the things about me that makes me good for this is that like I have all three consoles currently, like I have PS4, Xbox One, and switch i also am a pc gamer so i touch a lot of different gaming stuff phrasing no i'm i'm comfortable with it (laughs) it's cool it can be sexy you know we can get sexy with it tim (laughs) weird um no so yeah i'm i'm excited for tim to to jump aboard but it's also like we got to give him the right spot uh i would almost wanted christy to be on this episode so that she could just scream (laughs) playstation the entire time so that i could at least play devil's advocate yeah, no, both consoles have like their 
pluses and minuses this time out. And they're a little bit more, they're not, huh, how to put this exactly? It's not hardware based anymore. It's not like this one's more powerful than the other. It's very much like, what do you value in the system more? Like, are you looking for exclusives? Do you like having a ton of games available to you at all times? It's just like at this point, they're both doing kind of different things, but they're still kind of servicing the same crowd. So it, it really is like, it really depends on like minutia into as to which ecosystem you want to jump into at this point. So fire away and I'll do my best to either look up the answer or think up bullshit off the top of my head. Well, top level, I, I know that there are available versions of each console. So break, th- break those down for me and you know, the short version. So the PlayStation five is available in two different versions. You can buy one with a disc uh, and then without a disc, the, the pricing is about a hundred dollars different depending on your region and location and all that kind of stuff in terms of like, what do you want to know? Like hardware stuff? Or do you want to know? Like, yeah, I guess like just what the, the major differences are between them. Honestly, in terms biggest, of biggest, I guess like, is being, is the disc. They're actually not even, <laughs> that's the thing, they're both based on Blu-ray, like if you're using the drive in terms of that, they both have new internal NVMe M2 PCIe4 SSDs now, which is a huge step up from where we were on the last gen where everything was on spinning platter hard drives. Mm. Both decks come with approximately 16 gigs of RAM. So you're kind of like, it's literally, they're all, they're both built on AMD Zen 2 architecture. The graphics cards are our DNA 2 like, so they're the current, like, new, so Radeon 6000 just launched, and it's that chipset that is what both these decks are based on. They both output 4K up to 8K sometimes. Both of them do high refresh rates. They're both gigabit Ethernet. They both take Blu-rays and UHD Blu-rays, so you can watch your 4K content on them. I think there's some limitations in terms of, like, Dolby Vision and HDR10. Like, I think Xbox Series X doesn't do Dolby Vision currently, though I think that's a, hard, a firmware patch more than it is like a hardware limitation yeah. Limitation at this point. And I think Sony has the inverse or something like that, where like it does Dolby Vision, but doesn't do HDR10. So, you know, at that point, it's both it's both firmware probably at this point to get those up to date. So like in terms of hardware, it's it's um, they're basically the same machine. Well, you're not really but like some people will argue that the Xbox is a little bit more powerful, but then other people are arguing that PlayStation's new SSD architecture makes up for that lack of GPU kind of power. So it's like a complete toss up. And we're having, but because the systems have just launched this week, it hasn't gone down like the digital foundry comparing versions of Assassin's Creed, I guess it's like side by side to see like which ones. Yeah. The yeah. Crazy benchmarking and stuff hasn't, yeah which one's getting better frame rates keeping higher res in terms of like dynamic range for resolution and stuff like that which one's hdr implementations better like all that kind of stuff like let's we haven't be honest both of these consoles are going to blow me away in terms of graphics because yeah i've been you know like nintendo for however many generations now so yeah and the <laughs> switch was already like a generation behind when it launched basically yeah. like switch is about the equivalent hardware probably of a playstation 3 ish like xbox 360 level kind of graphics moving into what we're getting now like even i don't know what's coming you know what i mean like i think based on if you were going to go look at like what a next gen game should look like controls an excellent example in terms of like fully taking advantage of ray tracing which both decks feature in hardware yeah like really great texture like uh, material based rendering and all that kind of stuff that's that's what that 
the next generation of gaming is going to be like reliant on to get that high end 4K fidelity. And it looks like they're basically equivalently powered to do that. It's just a matter of which one does it better at this point, and nobody knows yet because literally the PlayStation came out today. So, so PS5, the diff- main difference is in between the versions is with and without the optical. Yeah, drive, basically, is, and is that pretty much the difference between the Series X and the Series S as well on the Xbox side? So no, yeah. So the PlayStation Five is literally the same deck with just the with and without the optical. With and without the optical drive, the the hardware is the same. It's the same RAM count. It's the same processor, like the same sock and all that kind of stuff. Um, it just doesn't have a disk drive. It's SSD only. So like your digital downloading, probably not a form thing way. I'm not sure if I would recommend that for you. You seem to be somebody who likes to own physical shit. <laughs> so there is that. But I mean, like for me, that's definitely an option. I haven't bought a disc based game in, since God of War came out. And even that I sold and ended up buying digitally eventually anyway. But the X, the Series X and S are where there's a little bit of a difference. So the Series X, which is the high end, like the the actual next gen kind of game, which is designed to run for like 4K and all that kind of stuff, um, that one comes with a one terabyte SSD. It's will run resolutions up to 4K and 8K. It is the one that oh, what else does this one do that's different? Oh, it's got 16 gigs, like the full 16 gig allotment of RAM. And then it's clocked a little bit faster, like the the GPU and CPU are clocked a little bit higher. The Series S, which is kind of the like the its budget version of it, the light version or whatever. Yeah, ostensibly the light version, sure, is geared to stay at the 1080p range. Like you're not hooking this thing up to a 4K TV and expecting 4K picture out of it. It's the same sock with 10 gigs of RAM and a 512 gig SSD. Mm. And is designed to basically run at 1080p all the time. I think it might go up to 1440, but like it's not doing 4K, full 4K, the way the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are designed to handle. It's also vastly cheaper than the other options. So the Series X in US dollars is 499. The Series S is 299. I don't not exactly sure what they're selling for in Canada right now because I haven't really been looking at them. I think they're six and three. 50 or something like that and i think the playstation is uh six and five up here or like 620 and five up here or something like that so that's where your pricing is so i mean to well for a couple of reasons i think i want to go for one of the systems that has an optical drive one because this console is probably going to end up being my 4k player as well because i don't currently have a 4k player um i do have a 4k tv and I'm also skeptical about like digitally owned or rented games, like any game that's not physical, because I've seen what companies have done in terms of being like, hey, this game that you paid for, by the way, you just can't ever download it again now. You know, so never, never delete it off your hard drive or whatever. <laughs> that being yeah. said, I do own some games only on Steam. So like, yeah, I was going to say you are a Steam I'm not, owner, like right? I'm not hardcore. Like gaming is the one one of the areas uh, where I have gone somewhat digital in my game ownership, but we own most of our Switch games. I think we uh, we have physical copies of. But that was like because like there's there was like a nice collector's edition for Breath of the Wild kind of thing. Fair enough. In terms of like each of them playing 4K, the current generation consoles, the PlayStation 4 Pro does not have 4K UHD support. Like there's no blu-ray support like it plays old blu-rays like 1080p blu-rays but it doesn't Mm -hmm. play 4k blu-rays the xbox one x which i also have over there 
it does play 4K Blu-rays, and that's what I've been using primarily as my 4K Blu-ray player since I bought it. And in terms of media, I.O. and stuff like that, it's really up in the air as to which one performs better. Both media players are like extremely crash prone constantly. I find the PlayStation one's a little bit better most of the time, but even that one can be very finicky about like network shares and stuff like that. More so than Microsoft. Microsoft's way better about network sharing for some reason. I couldn't imagine why Microsoft's better about network stuff. Could be <laughs> because they build fucking Windows, but yeah, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not as concerned about like playing UHD content like over a network, like from a shared hard drive mm-hmm. or anything. It would be more using it like to play 4K discs. Yeah, um, it went. Is it still crashy? Is it still crashy? No, no. When, when my uh, my like my One X like playing like I watch Avengers on it like once a week or whatever, and my 4K Blu-ray because I'm a crazy person, and I never had a problem with the the Blu-ray okay. program crashing out on media me. Player. Yeah, because the, the media player, like I've I've got uh, I've got Flex. a Media Center TV or Media Center PC that's hooked up to the TV already, and if I was like playing any like media files, video files, whatever, I'd probably just be playing it off that rather than through an interface on a gaming console. Yeah, that one, you probably need an upgrade on that one to get some 4K output on it. Oh, but, I do, um, yeah. I definitely need a, a new graphics card in that to get 4K. I mean, you can get... I, got, I put an old 1070 in Paul's machine, yeah, and like that runs 4K video fine. You know what I mean? Like That's enough VRAM for 4K yeah. video to sit in, so like that's a cheap upgrade to do in terms of that's like the you know arm at kind of side of yes <laughs> uh, watching movies <laughs> so having a pc like honestly and like this is just like general general advice if you are somebody who watches a lot of movies and you have an extra piece of like pc hardware laying around hook it up to your tv because it's the best media player you can get vlc plays fucking everything with hdr guess what that means you can watch fucking everything on yeah. your TV in 4K. So the only problem is Windows HDR is kind of shitty. I use Media Player Classic, which is also a nice, uh, yeah, nice one that's also got crazy amounts of. Yeah, when VLC crashes, Media Player Classic <laughs> is the one that comes out. Actually, I've been using Media Player Classic on my main rig to watch stuff here more than I have VLC. I've been finding VLC's installs like Buggy. not super stable lately. Yeah, so I've been kind of reverting to MPC a lot. All right, let's talk games then, since these are fucking gaming consoles. So let's talk exclusives first. Both for both of that have been announced for each of these consoles and franchises that are historically uh, exclusive to each side of the street. Okay. Right at the top, Sony generally has the advantage. I'm putting this in curly quotes in terms of their exclusives. Um, it's not really a curly quote situation, though, because it their first party portfolio of games has been second to none for like two generations and we can talk about like I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head um i mean first and foremost the spider-man games are exclusive to playstation because of the sony deal um yeah, so you're only getting that's basically like if yeah and we'll talk about it later but yeah that's kind of a big factor for me too right now it's like the the new spider-man games and like that's just gonna be the thing right like um some stuff comes on playstation some stuff comes on xbox most things come on playstation i guess um like in terms of both but there's a list of games that are like huge so like god of war is a playstation exclusive okay horizon uh zero dawn or forbidden what like the sequel forbidden west are sony exclusives um obviously the spider-man games we talked about gran turismo is an, an exclusive on the sony side um but it does have a competitor in forza on the microsoft side both of which yeah, are a big racing game guy so there's that. 
Ratchet and Clank is a Sony exclusive. Demon Souls, which is like a launch title for PS5, is going to be an exclusive, I think, on that side. Obviously, Sackboy and Little Big Planet stuff is an exclusive on the PlayStation 5. Historically, stuff like Last of Us obviously is a Sony first party thing, uh, okay. as well as Uncharted. Ghost of Tsushima, which Paul and I were talking about and very hyped to play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is a Sony exclusive also. Trying to think what else. If you're a fighting guy, my reason for being a PlayStation guy also includes the fact that Street Fighter is either con- is console exclusive to PlayStation, but you can also get it on PC. You know, I have better controllers for PC, so I do kind of play on PC more often than I play on a console now. But um, yeah, if I'm going to sit down on the couch and play Street Fighter, it, you're, I'm locked to Sony. Uh, what else? That's, I mean, like, those are the kind of the big ones. On the Microsoft side, Gears of War, Halo, and Forza are kind of their big three franchises right now. They have stuff like Sea of Thieves and Sunset Overdrive that are exclusive to them. Jeez, that is not a tempting list for me. No, see, on the Microsoft side, like, what you're kind of getting yourself into is, like, doing the Game Pass Ultimate thing, where you just have access to a ton of games, basically, as part of the subscription service, like, you're paying for your your monthly fee and you have just like a rent, like a Netflix for games and you can just pick and choose whatever you want. What that does do is give you all of those games for free though, all Microsoft first party games. And they've also added something like, I want to say between 10 and 20 completely new Microsoft exclusive studios that I'm not sure if this includes ZeniMax and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Like these, like what's going to happen is like, that's what they were doing before. And now they've been put to work, for the series X, like this generation of consoles to make okay. full on triple a games. So we're going to see a bunch of announcements, but nothing's been announced as of yet. Hmm. The big one that kind of has a lot of people's like feathers, uh, kind of ruffled is Bethesda and like the Zenimax. Oh, right. I remember portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Of games kind of like, nobody's really sure what they're going to do as of right now. Like you can still buy doom eternal on both decks. You can buy it for PC, but like Microsoft's literally giving it away with game pass right now. Like I can, I sat down this week. Like when I talked about playing doom last week, I played it on Xbox and it was because they basically gave it away. Like it's part of my game pass subscription. So I just got Doom for free basically. (laughs) So, Okay. okay. So, like, there's that. Sony does have PS Now, which is a rental service. It's not as robust or as well-functioning, I guess, like, as Microsoft's offering. It still tends to want to stream games and all that kind of stuff. Although I do understand they are going to be really, like, they have no choice now but to really ramp that up because they're going to get kicked constantly in the dick by Microsoft and Game Pass. So, yeah. So, like, subscription service, like, quality and selection is... (sighs) isn't as big of a consideration for me only because I am a relatively casual gamer. And so I don't know that I would necessarily get money's worth out of like a, well, what used to be Xbox live is now game pass kind of subscription. Well, they're kind of tied together now. Like you can still buy Xbox live, but like if you get game pass, it comes with it. Like I buy my ultimate three month cards or whatever, and it comes with Xbox live gold and game pass and game pass ultimate game pass. Ultimate's cool. um, And that's where the PC kind of comes into the thing. All these games are also mostly available on PC through game pass. So like when gears five came out, it was an Xbox game, but you could also grab it on your PC. If you had game pass ultimate and just play it on your current rig that maybe has a 20 series graphics card in it or sort of you know yeah okay that kind of thing so there is that also which is why 
yeah, it, like there's a lot of conversation as to like you go PS5 for the exclusives and then just stick with your PC because everybody's got a PC and just get Game Pass so you can play those Microsoft exclusives that you yeah. are interested in. Like I have thought about that. I do like having my Microsoft deck over there. So there's that. And I think the Series X offers some other stuff that's kind of interesting. But yeah, that's kind of the big thing is like it's exclusives are where these consoles tend to get sold. And unless you're not a big Bethesda guy or like, you know, Zenimax, Bethesda and all those kind of like any of the companies that fall under the Zenimax umbrella or you're not a big like Halo nut, Sony tends to look a little bit better in terms of their first party exclusives. Like at least to me, this is obviously subjective but to me yeah i'm tend to lean into sony's first like portfolio of first party games like god of war is excellent horizon is amazing spider-man spider-man so (laughs) yeah and i mean spider-man is definitely a game that i would be interested in playing and and some of those other games like you know i've I've had last of us talked up to me for so (sighs) long kind of thing that it's something that i'd be interested in in trying out um and i like kind of like post-apocalyptic zombie kind of games too and we've got uh the days gone is another sony exclusive franchise which is completely like uh zombies and but like has that first party sony quality to it and that i i've only played the first like maybe 10 hours of it so far it just didn't like grab me at the time actually because i tried fuck i started playing days gone which is a story about surviving the zombie apocalypse right as what i thought the zombie apocalypse was actually starting so (laughs) i didn't really click with me i just play control again in terms of that like if you want to play control because i've been talking it up both systems are should be able to run it 4k 60 out of the box with some ray tracing functionality bumped in to okay. control um, <sighs> <laughs> and i mean so there's definitely you know i i'm again i'm not a person that's going to end up having a huge amount of time for gaming because i've got a lot of other interests already so like i'll probably be looking at mostly playing games in franchises I'm already interested in. So I'm interested to know if either, you know, Sony or Microsoft would have an edge in anything like Star Wars games or DC games or Marvel games or like Disney games, like the Kingdom Hearts or that kind of thing. Or Not specifically. Kingdom Hearts is generally like through Square Enix, uh, who will release games on both platforms. Same with like they own Tomb Raider and stuff like that. So the Tomb Raider comes out both decks now. The Tomb Raider games are excellent. Also, if you have a chance, like are looking for something to kill a weekend with. In terms of DC games, right now we don't have like we, there's all the, that slate of announced stuff. Those are yeah. all multi-plat. They're coming to both decks. Yeah. That's previously been Warner Games. And like Injustice is both platforms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have Injustice on my. I bought them both for PlayStation, but I they're both on Game Pass or they have been on Game Pass in the past. So like you can get them for either one. The Batman Arkham games, which I know you probably want to play through at some point. Yeah. Once you're involved, like you have a deck that you can play them on, and the, both decks are backwards compatible with at least their last gen counterparts, kind of thing. So like the PlayStation Five can play PlayStation Four games. It can't go any further back than that. Right. The Xbox, on the other hand, can go all the way back to the original Xbox, which, I mean, if you have, it would, that's, I always think that's more of a nostalgia thing that far back. You know what I mean? Like going back yeah. into the 360 and the original Xbox kind of games. So, like, that may not be as big a factor for you, but it is a consideration in that, like, you, if you walk into Xbox, you're walking into a giant library that includes all four of their last console generations, like, that are all playable on the Series X. Whereas you don't do that, that's much more limited on the Sony side where you only get your PS4 games kind of thing. 
that right. are still playable on the PS5. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Star and as for Star Wars, Star Wars is currently with EA, so they're being released for both. I bought actually <laughs> Game Pass Ultimate just got started including EA Play as part of the package, mm-hmm. so they just gave away or are giving away as part of Game Pass now uh, Fallen Order the. Mm. Jedi Knight game that I was talking about probably around mm. this time last year that I played on Xbox One X, but is available for both systems. And from what I understand, like takes full advantage of the power of both of those new systems to play properly because it was a little janky. Yeah. Because of the limitations of the One X and the PlayStation, or the One and the PlayStation. And the um, the only Marvel game that would only be on one system would be the Spider Man games, right? Generally Sony speaking, that that's. Uh, the yeah, Spider-Man characters tied up. Yeah, Sony's got the Spider-Man characters tied up for that. Avengers came out for both decks. Okay. Uh, although nobody actually wanted to play it, it including like me. It's any good anyway. So. Well, no, I mean, like, I didn't even want to play it, which, like, that, I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a big, like, if I'm like, eh, that looks kind of shitty, and it's got, like, <laughs> the Avengers in it, like, sorry, I'm just gonna, we're gonna, you fucked up really badly if you made an Avengers game in 2020 and i didn't want to play it so you fucked up really badly so (laughs) i guess there's that um but yeah for the most part i think marvel games are going to be unless they're spider-man you're going to get them for both decks yeah uh dc is the same way because they're owned by warner warner's not locking themselves to a platform exclusivity deal they can't sell that many copies of mortal Kombat unless (laughs) they have both decks available to them to sell to i do like mortal Kombat too like i like and and the fact that street fighter is mostly on playstation is uh attractive to me too so i do tend to play fighting games it's that's a controller thing for me when i'm playing modern 3d games i tend to prefer the microsoft controllers but when it comes to 2D games, and it's all because of placement of like D-pads and analog sticks and stuff like that, I tend to prefer the PlayStation controllers for fighting games because their placement's more like Super Nintendo-esque, where you've got the, the thumb kind of sits naturally over the D-pad, whereas on an Xbox, your thumb sits naturally over the main thumbstick. And the D-pads have always been kind of notoriously shit on the Xbox. So if you're going to get into some fighting games, which I hope you do because it'll give me somebody else to beat up <laughs> online. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would go Sony, and I I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11 and Street Fighter 5 both on Sony right now. I mean, I got them both for PC also because why not? But I am playing them basically on uh, PlayStation right now. All right, this is gonna one of those questions that is going to show just how fucking naive I am about uh, gaming these days. But you just brought it up, so like, is there such a thing as like cross-platform gaming anymore? Like, if I'm playing, you know, fucking like star wars battlefront or something like that am i only playing against other people that are playing on the xbox or the ps5 or am i playing against everybody i don't know it's it's game per game um like i know fortnite you can play everybody plays against everybody in fortnite now um there was a little while where i think the option is available like in rainbow six siege um which is my co-op shooter of choice because it's tactical and actually requires you to think fucking fortnite players i hate you (laughs) Um, <laughs> you just hate getting pwned by fucking twitchy 12 year olds oh, i fucking hate that game it's terrible <laughs> well no because they, they know how to build and stuff and i'm like i don't want to build fucking stuff i want to shoot you in the goddamn yeah. back of the head <laughs> and i don't even want you to know i was here <laughs> hence you know rainbow six siege not <laughs> fortnite no but cross-platform is like it's it's becoming more and more common these days like some games i think like i think actually call of duty this gen like like modern warfare and the upcoming black ops three or four or whatever's coming out this week along with the new consoles the multiplayer is 
agnostic. Like you can play PC versus Xbox versus PlayStation. PlayStation is the big holdout on that because they have kind of the dominant footing in the platform space now. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's been pushing that a lot more. Where like they're letting the Xbox people play with the PC people, and also playing with some of the Switch people, right? And even like online, like if you're playing Fortnite and you can play it mobile or whatever, um, like on your phone or tablet or whatever, you can play on your tablet against people who are running PCs, which I mean, gives you a massive disadvantage in terms I know, of, I, I, I would hate playing a fucking FPS against people with like, you know, their mouse, mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Their mouse sensitivity, like cranked up to oh, man. fucking max and they can like just zoom and headshot you and like, oh, it's crazy. Half a second while you're still like, fucking moving your d-pad over to aim at them <laughs> i can't remember if it was rainbow six or something else that i was playing that was open like that and i was getting fucking clobbered <laughs> because i was playing on, on a console yeah i was just like this all right fine i'll fucking just go play on because I, I can switch between both like you know what i mean pretty quickly but it's yeah. still like kind of frustrating i like sitting on my couch i'm a big couch gamer you know what i mean I like to be able to like sprawl out on my couch like my giant six foot five yeah. ass just like across the whole couch just with a controller and not have to think about it too much but you know some games like doom was probably better to play on pc but at the same time like i can't do that and sit on my couch so yeah i like i i do like fps's like i played a shitload of like fucking half-life and like all those other source engine games like day of defeat and counter-strike source and shit like that back in the day but like Anytime I sat down to play an FPS on a console, granted, I didn't have a console, so like it was already a learning curve, but I would yeah. just get fucking wrecked because like I was so used to mouse and keyboard for first person shooters. That's the thing. I mean, I think both decks support mouse and keyboard to what extent. I'm never entirely sure. I tend not to do that. I'm pretty like, I don't know if it's ambidextrous is the right word, but I very easily like I can pretty quickly just flip between mouse and keyboard and controllers kind of controls for fps because like i played halo coming up you know what i mean like that was where fps on consoles really kind of kicked off like in terms of dual stick aiming and moving around and stuff and i've been doing that since the og xbox so i'm either or but like i people have their preference obviously so it just depends on how you want to play so in terms of online gaming, like I said, one of the main reasons that I want to get into this is so that like, you know, you and I can fuck around together and like I can start playing with other people because I've got like buddies in Europe and shit like that that I don't really hang out with, but I know they're pretty avid gamers. And so, you know, it's an excuse to hang out or whatever. So what, in your opinion, are the like best, funnest online games for each console, both consoles? <sighs> Uh, I'm not much of an online gamer. Um, I hate kids, so I tend to <laughs> shy away from playing online. It almost everything's got an online component now. They're like, I mean, some games you can't do that kind of thing. Like Rock Band's not going to have an online component, obviously. They used to. Yes, it, I don't know. I wish it kind of still did. And I think <laughs> it maybe maybe Rivals does have more online to it. I just I've never played it online very much. Hmm. Like in terms of the platforms themselves, I tend to prefer Microsoft when it comes to their online stuff. Like Xbox Live is a way more robust and kind of stable system mm-hmm. uh, in terms of playing games online. That's that just goes to I mean, it's Microsoft versus Sony. Yeah. Sony makes TVs, Microsoft makes everything networks. basically. <laughs> yeah, well, they make software, right? Like yeah. it, they make computers and networks. Yeah. Yeah, especially considering all of this stuff. <laughs> What's funny is uh, this. And this is a total aside. All of uh, Sony's online infrastructure is now built on Azure. So basically, Microsoft's powering, like Microsoft's <laughs> making money off PlayStation 
even though they have Xbox there, you know what I mean? Because they're using <laughs> Azure as their backend. Like everybody uses Microsoft servers as their backend at yeah. this point because Microsoft is like Microsoft. So, um, and Azure's fucking fantastic for this kind of stuff. So there you go. Um, but like in terms of games and stuff, like I'm a big rainbow six guy. I like my tactical shooters. Um, I know people love to fucking play like halo and stuff still like that's still huge on Xbox mm-hmm. PlayStation. You're going to get like, you find your call of duties that people love that play online. Obviously Fortnite still fucking massive. There's a lot more social gaming going on these days, obviously with the pandemic. So stuff like among us, I think is something yeah. that's been big the last little while. I haven't tried it, but like I hear it's popular with the kids. I mean, that's one of those things you can play on any, you know, it's so fun. Yeah, exactly. Play on anything. Exactly. Right. Like, I think in terms of like, if you're going to play, like want to do a fighting game, uh, yeah, I mean, you're locked in, right? Because like Street Fighter is exclusive to Sony and more, I mean, Mortal Kombat's platform agnostic, but like. If you're into fighting games, you're probably a street, like at least going to be interested in Street Fighter because it's fucking Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that kind of thing. I, and again, I don't find that like when I'm actually playing those games online, like if I go online to play Street Fighter or like I'm currently playing Samurai Showdown for PlayStation 4, uh, I don't find there's any kind of weird lag or anything like that or any more so than there is on the other platform kind of thing. There's always lag, even with gigabit internet, like the other guy's going to have dog shit Wi-Fi or something like that. Like not everybody's as fastidious as you and I are and have gigabit internet, all of which is plugged in via cat six cable over like gigabit links and stuff like that. Like at least that's how my network's built, but I'm a crazy person. (laughs) So yeah, like I don't think there's one way or the other. It really just depends on what you want to play. And most games that are big multi-platform online games are like, they're just as good and active on either deck. Um, I think again, it's going to, it always depends on install base. Last gen PS4 had was just light years ahead and therefore had like the bigger install base. So you, if you were going to pick up the new call of duty that year, you would want to go Sony because you're going to have a huge player base to play against. And that's why Microsoft was pushing crossplay stuff so hard this past gen because their player base was a little bit smaller, about half the size of probably less than half the size of the PlayStation four base. And yeah, this way they, their players were able to play their games against a plethora of people. Yeah. And you know, I just, Sony just doesn't really, really want you seeing fucking Xbox live. everywhere. I guess <laughs> so. You brought up Rock Band. That was one thing I hadn't even thought about. But like our, because like we can play that on like fucking our old like Wii and Wii U and shit like that. But is, are there like newer versions of Rock Band that and like new version, new hardware and shit like that? The newest version of Rock Band was Rock Band Four. It was released for PlayStation Four and Xbox okay. One. I am playing it. I bought it. See, it, that's one of those fucky things. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. The, the only reason I went and bought an Xbox One this past generation, or the main reason why I went and bought an Xbox One this past generation. Oh, it's because that's where your song library is. My song library for Rock Band was all on my 360, my Xbox right. 360. So when I moved to the next gen, I was going to go PlayStation 4 exclusive until they announced Rock Band. Then I was like, fuck, I, can't, I couldn't even rebuild the uh, library on PlayStation because a lot of the disc based games required you to actually still have the Mm -hmm. disc or the licenses. And those licenses were attached to my Xbox and I couldn't get them anymore for Sony's side. So I was just like, well, it's cheaper. Even if I was going to rebuild 
the library, quote unquote, <laughs> it would be cheaper for me to just buy an Xbox One and a new version of Rock Band, which it actually was, was cheaper for me to do that than to go and rebuy all those songs for Sony's deck <laughs> and buy a copy of Rock Band 4, right? So I was still buying a copy of Rock Band 4 either way and new instruments then because I my old 360 instruments wouldn't play on my PlayStation, whereas with yeah. an adapter they did on my Xbox One, which got me a, a little bit of mileage in terms of guitars and drums, even though I did buy a kit, like a whole new fucking box at that point for <laughs> Xbox One, because I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. It's fine. But yeah, if you wanted to get into Rock Band again, I mean, both decks have it. You can pick them up either way. And like uh, those fucking instruments are all over Kijiji all the goddamn time. Yeah. If we wanted to play together, you'd have to go X- Xbox because that's where I still am. And I'm sure as fuck not switching over now, <laughs> at least not for rock band. It's probably the only reason why I want a series X is so that I can continue to play rock band on my current console and not fuck with my song library. Basically. Yeah. Either way. I mean, rock band is one that is not, it's not really a game that's as fun to play online. Right. You know, it's to have no. everybody in the room playing together yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So, okay. So that's definitely like if we were if you were going to do a rock band night, you would want to just have me come over with my Xbox basically yeah. and like bring all my crap because I've got five thousand songs already, kind of thing. So and I still buy songs to this day when I have a couple extra bucks on my Xbox account. I'm like, oh, I haven't picked up like the new Vampire Weekend, even though I'll play it once, be like, well, this is boring and never play it again. <laughs> I know that eventually, like you and Paul would be around to, or in theory, it would have been you and Paul would have been around to play like rock band and then those songs would have gotten used kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I would have inflicted my helmet shit on you later. So (laughs) what else? Uh, Well, this that kind of gets into the question of like back catalog and like e-stores and that sort of thing. Um, Is there any significant advantage in terms of like old games that you can buy and download? And like, you know, I'm talking like vintage shit. And I know that Nintendo has a lot of that called all the fucking Mario and Zelda and shit like that. But (laughs) well, there's collections of like, like the Sega bigger franchises and that kind of thing or you know Mega Man or Sonic or those sorts of things. Both Xbox and like Sega has released a Genesis collection for both decks. Like they're platform agnostic now too, you know what I mean? Sega just releases their shit everywhere cuz they're trying to make as much money as possible. So like the Genesis collection is on both decks. It's part of Game Pass right now or it was part of Game Pass for a little while anyway. Um, I have it on my PlayStation cuz I just bought it so that I could play Sonic 2 over and over and over again cuz I'm weird about sonic 2 also streets of rage 2 which is fucking awesome but yeah that's either or in terms of like so like they people put collections out like if you want to play the old castlevania games or the old contra games konami's mm-hmm. put those out for both decks they're just collections you can download Mega Man legacy collections are available for both consoles I, uh, like the really good shit generally you're sticking with nintendo right because it's all nintendo like yeah. when you start thinking about retro games past like where the xbox and playstation originate you're mostly just talking about Nintendo stuff. So you have your switch. Yeah. That's where you're doing that basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. I have some stuff that's like older on those decks. It's like exclusively like those collections in particular, like the collection that has symphony of the night in it, or uh, there's a street fighter arcade collection, like a 30th anniversary collection that came out for both consoles. Uh, I bought it for PlayStation because street fighter is on PlayStation to me in my head. So I just do it that way. But like, yeah, I played, that's where I do most of that kind of stuff. Again, D-pad preference also. Like I prefer playing 2D games on the Sony deck because it's D-pad placement is better for me. I have a weird crampy thumb though. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. 
VR is pretty low priority to me and not something I would probably get into right off the bat, but it is something that I've fucked around with a little bit in the past and found kind of interesting. Yep. Um, what are the VR options for both? Is one any better than the other? As of right now, I'm not even sure Microsoft has an official support for any kind of VR headset. There was talk about Oculus, I believe, going over to them. Maybe it was an Oculus. Maybe it was one of the other big ones. But there's been no confirmation one way or the other. These consoles are powerful enough to do probably VR fairly well. PlayStation obviously has its own PSVR setup that was released for PlayStation 4 and is apparently backwards or forwards compatible with PS5 because the headset is pictured in the interface in different places that I've seen in videos as I'm watching like UI walkthroughs and stuff of the PlayStation 5, the VR headset is still there. I assume Sony made a big push into VR last gen and is like they talked a lot of shit about how they were going to support it. I don't know if that's actually come to fruition or not, but if any consoles in history would have the power to run a reasonable VR rig, it's probably these two machines. Sony's obviously got a leg up in that they already have uh piece of hardware out there even if it is very old and or not very old but just not great you know what i mean like it's fine completely functional it's just a little bit lower res than like what you're going to get with an oculus as you're plugging into your 3080 you know what i mean but again even that's kind of gone the way of the dodo because they used to use usb-c link off the graphics cards like the 20 series cards had like usb-c link for vr not included in the 3000 series cards anymore so i don't know what the future of vr is in terms of everybody maybe maybe just because more computers are having usb-c on so you could just run it's possible run run it yeah it's Hmm. possible but again i'm not really sure you would think you would want like the direct interface with the graphics processing unit when you're doing vr but i don't know whatever maybe you can just plug in maybe because hdmi 2.0 or 2.1 or whatever the fucking new version of hdmi is um is so fast now that it can run 4k like 8k 60 (laughs) or 4k 120 that that necessity is gone to have the usb c link for vr headsets I don't know. I'm not like into VR right now. I didn't buy a VR PSVR either. Uh, I, I was curious, but there just wasn't enough software to really like justify me jumping into another $400 piece of kit that was yeah. requires a ton of setup. And also like, I'm not going to use that much. I would love, I've heard the uh, star Wars, the new, what was it? Oh, the Vader are, squadrons squadrons, oh, yeah. the one that I'm playing right. Or that I was playing on Xbox uh, a couple weeks ago, or I'm still kind of playing it right now. That has amazing VR support. Apparently, if you're playing it on like on the PC side, like if you're playing it on an Oculus or whatever, because you're in the cockpit all the time, right? And you yeah, can look around cool. the cockpit. So I was like, that's neat. I'm curious about that. But again, not something that like is a system seller for me, especially when like the headsets can cost like a thousand dollars or whatever an Oculus costs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know that the, you know, obviously we can't talk too much about like quality and, and reliability of these new systems because they just fucking came out. But historically speaking, I never really heard people talk too badly of PlayStations. Um, but I, I still remember back when I worked at Future Shop, people Red bring Ring. their Xboxes in for the Red, Red Ring of Death. Is that still, you know, is there any like significant difference between the two in terms of reliabilities or, or like, our failure rates. I would hope, especially at this point where we've basically excised any moving parts that aren't fans in these machines. Um, like there's no spinning hard drives in these anymore. Most people run digital only off of these SSDs like that in theory. Anyway, um, like there are optical drives in both the, like the main decks anyway, mm-hmm. but like for the most part, I would hope that these are more reliable. There was some rumors going around this week already about uh, series X is burning out. 
or like <laughs> catching on fire. But it turned out it was just people like using doing a vape trick to make it look mm-hmm. like it was smoking. In terms of historically, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were both notoriously fucking shoddy machines. I had to replace my Xbox 360 I want to say twice because of red rings, but I also had to replace my PlayStation 3 twice because of a yellow light error, which was <laughs> kind of similar in like occurrence to the red rings. Mm. So since then, I am still on my my launch Xbox One and my launch PS4. Well, not launch, but like the ones that I bought originally, the like probably about a year in. Yeah, the first ones that I bought, which are OG decks, like they're the original decks. Um, my PlayStation 4 is still running in this house. It's in my bedroom right now, basically is a Netflix machine, um, but it still runs. And then my original Xbox One that I bought to play Rock Band on before the One X came out uh, is at my sister's house and is being used basically daily by them as a Netflix slash Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 machine, <laughs> which is also out. And if you were a Tony, Tony, Tony Hawk guy, which you probably weren't because you didn't play on PlayStation. PlayStation yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- those games are fucking awesome. And they they got a nice update in those in that little package. But uh, yeah, so both those decks are still f- fully functional. And my PS4 Pro and Xbox One X are both tanks and both still very quiet. Like neither of them have like this fan's too dusty kind of thing. Although I keep my shit pretty clean. So. I don't know. Okay. So like reliability uh, at this point, that's basically why you're hearing me say like, I'm waiting till, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the second batch of these motherfuckers come up before I even start thinking about picking one up because I never want a fucking revision one of anything. Like the only thing I've ever bought a revision one of was probably my iPhones. And sometimes I even regret that because you get little firmware flippy floppies that go wrong. I mean, but I I mean, that happens on Androids all the time. (laughs) At least the iPhones don't explode. So, yeah. Okay. I think that was all of the questions that I have. Is there anything major that I've missed? The one thing I always recommend people do is like, go like hold the controllers. Cause you're going to spend a lot of time with that controller in your hand. Um, I've heard excellent things about the dual sense, the new PlayStation five controller. Mm. I have not had one in my hand yet. Phrasing, whatever. <laughs> Like, I like the PlayStation 4 controller, and this looks like a beefed up, more Xboxy looking PlayStation 4 controller. Um, I think leaning into Xbox's design philosophy for controllers is a good thing for Sony because if I gun to my head and I was not thinking about 2D games, I was thinking about modern, like 3D stuff, and you were like, which controller do you like better? I'm probably taking an Xbox controller nine times out of 10 maybe seven times out of 10 depends on the game. But for the most part, I prefer Microsoft's controllers. They feel more robust in your hand. The PlayStation four controllers, like you can feel it shift. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can bend it a little bit more. I can't really do that with even my stock Xbox controllers. So those, they feel a little bit sturdier. Um, That's a personal preference. And like, if you're just picking up a PlayStation, you're not going to notice it as much until you, like you and I can get together or you can come over and then grab an Xbox series X controller. Cause I will inevitably have both decks. That's just who I am. <laughs> I'll just probably pick up a PlayStation first this time out again. I generally like the Xbox controllers better, but like that's again, one of these little nitpicky things. And if you had Christy on here, she'd probably tell you the complete opposite. You know what I mean? So <laughs> she's a little Sony fangirl. Other than that, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Cause I got a little spiel. Like, that's about it. Cause like, <laughs> No, I don't think so. I, I'm definitely leaning one way right now, but uh, let, let's hear your spiel. End of the day, basically, it's a toss up. 
they're equivalently powered. So Sony has that fantastic lineup of first party studios making games like God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon, just on and on and on. And they're always adding studios. They're giving away a bunch of like the key PS4 titles along with your PlayStation Network subscription this time out. So like when you buy that PS5, you're getting copies of God of War, Days Gone, Last of Us. I'm not sure if Last of Us 2 is included in that because that's still pretty fucking new, but you are at least getting Last of Us for sure. Eventually, I'm sure Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima will be included in that kind of thing. On the other side, Microsoft's got, you know, Game Pass Ultimate, which is a fantastic value if you'd like to just kind of pick and choose games really quick and try a little bit of everything. This also includes Bethesda games now. So like if you are a big first person shooter and you like Doom, Wolfenstein, that kind of stuff. This also obviously includes like Elder Scrolls and all those RPGs that you would like. I don't play, so I don't really talk about obviously very much. Yeah. Not, not really my thing either. Yeah. If you put them in front of me right now, I'm going to grab a PlayStation. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is like to me, a system seller like that. I'm so fucking annoyed that I, don't have that to play right now. <laughs> I'm a Marvel zombie. That's not going away. Um, obviously, Street Fighter at being a PlayStation exclusive makes me kind of lean PlayStation. And then like God of War, the God of War series, <laughs> like as much as everybody else that's been on this podcast will say God of War and then like grunt because of the old God of War. I loved the old God of War and I love the new God of War as well. So like Ragnarok is just too tempting for me to not buy a, a PlayStation to play. And then you factor in stuff like Horizon, Days Gone, Last of Us. And I'm like, yeah, probably going Sony this time. <laughs> I like the Microsoft ecosystem a little bit better. Again, like Game Pass and just like the way things handle. I'm a, mic- I, I'm my, I'm a PC user, right? It's like I'm on Windows all day, every day. It's like to like, basically, like they feel the same. So like there's that continuity of user interface, which I like. But again, you know, you get used to the Sony's interface is very easy to deal with and i've always kind of liked both for different reasons so i don't know really at this point like i would say playstation is probably your best bet uh you're gonna have all of us already on playstation the vast majority of people tend to lean playstation the least they did last gen so like if i was going to recommend to you which one to buy i'd be like buy yourself a playstation 5 and if you can get two pick me one up <laughs> uh i think that's the way that i'm leaning and that's based mostly on exclusive uh titles i think you know there's like i'm hoping that by like mid-gen we're, we can have this conversation again and be like man fucking microsoft really picked up the ball with first party stuff yeah. and like has some exclusives that are really compelling or have at least locked up like bethesda's exclusives to be very compelling or something like that um but like right now i, I look at their lineup and i'm like I wish this was better because this deck is cool. Like the, the one, the series X looks amazing, but like, it just doesn't have the, yeah. Between the two, like I, I like the design of the series. Oh X, yeah. Like, oh my the, God. Yes. PS five for sure. But I mean, you know, this is like very much a function over form. Situation, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. If I was picking based on like, it's like, aesthetics i'm picking up the fucking xbox this time i like i know a lot of people are like oh i think the playstation looks cool i'm like no it looks like a shitty router like i hate the playstation (laughs) also it's fucking huge yeah like go look up the sizing of this fucking thing both decks are quite big this time out i was surprised by how much bigger they are they're you've seen like my xbox and playstation sitting on my little entertainment table there like the series x is twice the size of an Xbox One X, I think, more or less. Yeah. And the PS5 is just like 
bafflingly large. <laughs> and it's like it's great because apparently it runs real quiet and runs real cool because of it. It's got an awesome cooling system in it. But like really well ventilated. Yeah, nicely ventilated and stuff, but it is an ugly, ugly, ugly motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah. you know. Like Predator, like you're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I hate that thing. Either way. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that I think that's it. I think I'm getting the PS5. I'll have to see if I can find one. I don't know whether I will end up waiting for new gen or whatever because I've I've got some money that's kind of burning a hole in my pocket. But we'll see. Yeah. You'll you'll definitely hear from me when the time comes. Yeah, you can. Uh... If you can, if you get one, let me know because I'll be jealous, uh, and I don't want to talk to you for a couple of days. So there's right. that. About to schedule the podcast around me being irritated with you. Yeah, is basically what I'm trying to say. Around Mark's jealousy. Yeah, basically. Cool. Let's uh, let's move over to Geek Cred then. So as we've wrapped up, I'm glad like we got to do this. This is fun doing something like completely different um, than what we usually do, where we're like reviewing or making a list of stuff. It's kind of fun having just like a conversation about other shit. And I'm excited you're getting a fucking console because we can do console games. Oh, <laughs> yep. You can be so happy. You can watch me play ground level Spider-Man in our basement as well. as. Uh, I could actually, you know what? I, I could legit watch you play it from here. Cause Sony's got like oh, share streaming. play kind of stuff. Yeah. So like I could watch you play while I was playing <laughs> something else. Also just yell at me. I I've done it for my I've done it for my nephew before where like he he's had like he's a kid right so like Spider-Man was like a new experience for him and he was having some trouble with it and like he <laughs> he's like can I watch you play it and I'm like oh you're gonna get really annoyed because I'm good at Spider-Man like I've, I played a lot of it uh, like I played the shit out of that game actually and uh, he was like oh do you want to just beat it for me I'm like that defeats the purpose but I'll sit here and watch <laughs> you play it. And like, kind of give you pointers as to what to do and that kind of stuff. So I've had fun with that. Maybe that that maybe that's like a podcast episode where we like we just record <laughs> my audio of watching you play Spider Man, just like super irritated for an hour, just like oh my god, Mark has a stroke. Yeah, another one. Yeah, cool. All right, let's uh, let's move on to geek cred. Okay, my geek card for this week with, I said I didn't really want to talk about the election, but I do want to talk about the SNL episode that aired on the Saturday night after the election was called for Joe Biden, because uh, Dave Chappelle was the host. He was also the host four years ago when, which was like the weekend after Trump won in 2016. And it was, it was great. Dave Chappelle was in I mean, Dave, true, I, I'd say rare form, but it's like Dave Chappelle form. Yeah. Uh, well, when, when he, every once in a while, he comes out swinging a little bit harder, and you can yeah. kind of tell when he's like on it. And he was, yeah. yeah. I didn't see this, but I, I, the last couple times I've seen him do stuff like that 15 minutes thing that he did yeah, over yeah. the summer and oh, shit, I was just like, holy fuck, this is like, yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting that next level comedian shit. You know what I mean? Like the guys who get talked about outside of just comedy circles, like you're yeah. getting to that Richard Pryor level where you're just like, you're an institution. You're too fucking good for this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, yeah. and, and his monologue in particular, like went on forever. And, and I'm sure that it, like they had to you're cut like, shit, a yeah. couple, a couple of sketches because of it, but it was so good that like, I don't think anybody was going to fucking stop him. So yeah, if you, even if you don't go back and watch that whole episode and, and most of it, it was good just go back and watch that that fucking uh opening monologue from Chappelle. yeah yeah i caught the monologue the monologue was yeah long but good good yeah. i so for me this week and like it's weird that i'm going to recommend this but it's not because it's not terrible that i'm recommending it uh, i watched new mutants finally this week and it is completely average <laughs> completely fine okay. like 
basically it feels like a high budget CW pilot. You know what I mean? Like it's written about that level. So yeah. it's fine, like completely serviceable, but with excellent special effects and better actors than you would get on the CW. I'm sorry, Jensen. I love you to death, but you know, yeah, there's better <laughs> actors out there. But yeah, I, I watched it last night. It's 90 minutes. You're in and out real quick. There's some cool special effects stuff. Like there's cool X-Men effects stuff. Lockheed actually makes an appearance. So if you're a fan of Lockheed the Dragon, he shows up and shoots flames at a giant demon bear. I'm not explaining the context of that sentence at all. So you're just going <laughs> to have to go watch the movie. Based on that storyline from. Yeah. Comics. So like begrudgingly have to admit that I had a good time watching it. It's not, it's not great, but like it killed 90 minutes and I didn't hate it afterwards. So I was like, after so, so better than apocalypse dark Phoenix or, or apocalypse. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually bummed out. Cause I was like, Oh, it's sad that like, this is the afterthought, like kind of burp. <laughs> on the the end of that franchise whereas like the actual finale was dark phoenix which was just such an atrocity <laughs> that like i hate even bringing it up now so yeah. yeah no uh new mutants it's out on i'm not sure if it's streaming but like it's definitely on like uh apple tv like uh itunes store and stuff like that yeah it's on demand so you can go grab it uh in different spots but i like i said killed 90 minutes i had a good time with it and i would I think maybe i'm just desperate for something fucking new at this point <laughs> so there's that all right, so that kind of wraps us up for this week. This episode's longer than I thought it was going to be, even though it is still kind of short. <laughs> I like to ramble about video games, kids. I like to talk <laughs> about the video games. I uh, don't get to do it very often. Thank God Tim is buying a PlayStation. And, and the video game machines. I do like talking about technology a lot. Like, like requires a lot of self-restraint sometimes, not just go on fucking rants about hardware and stuff, because like that's what I think about most days to distract myself, is just like, oh, look, new... I don't know, Ryzen processors are coming out and they're <laughs> kicking the shit out of the Intel stuff. That's very, like, to me, that's very interesting. Nobody else cares. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a niche thing. So, I watch a lot of YouTube about technology these days, basically, to get that out. Either way, first of all, follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette. I'm still just fighting that fucking algorithm. Fuck you, Instagram. <laughs> Give me a thousand followers so that I can sell shit directly piece of shit uh or you can go buy something from me which would be awesome blackgreengallery.com i moved last podcast down and then i'm putting it back up this weekend with some new frame around it and that's happening so that's cool but other than that thank you everybody for listening we appreciate it especially you know in the triumph times that we find ourselves in uh this has been episode 225 of dance robot dance if you haven't already please subscribe you can do that from any podcasting app via apple podcast google podcast stitcher or spotify if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week if you think i gave tim terrible advice in terms <laughs> of buying a playstation 5 i did not and you're an idiot but you know that's fine you can come argue with me i don't go on facebook often enough to really care so there's that but you can do that on facebook facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can hit me up on twitter at drd underscore podcast or me personally m underscore willette or you can email us uh dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com so i've been here with tim say good night buddy yeah i'm getting a ps5 yeah buddy <laughs> we're all getting playstation 5 sony if you are <laughs> listening to this podcast and you want to send me a playstation 5 i will review it glowingly guaranteed because it's going to have fucking Spider-Man on it. And that's all <laughs> I want right now is to play Miles Morales. So with that, we are going to, uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here. I think Spider-Man, Spider-Man runs around a pedestrian on the street. Yep. Yep. Pedestrian <laughs> Spider-Man. Awesome. I am excited to not watch Tim play Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm also excited to hear him be frustrated about how he can't progress through the, this, the game on foot. <laughs> 
because you can't. You're going to have to swing. Sorry, bud. Sometimes you just got to watch out for those criminals on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> have a good one, guys.